Welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and it's been a busy week full of like lots of random shit. So we have a, we have a ton to talk about today, but we also have like a superstar guest, a, you know, a bad Buffalo broad, Carrie Pieri, who is the digital director at Harper's Bazaar magazine. So we are excited. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I am in like the worst fucking She's mood ever really today. I am just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I am uh, a lot of things this week. <laughs> I'm going to have to drink a lot more wine during this podcast. And I hate Bill Clinton, but we'll get to that. In uh, other, like, super happy, awesome news, yay for the voters in California for voting to remove Judge Aaron Persky, who was the guy that gave the six-month sentence yeah. to um, the guy who that raped a woman that next raped to a, a woman behind a dumpster. Next to yeah. a dumpster yeah. that people saw. Yeah. Uh, and they voted to recall him. It's the first time, and I think. 80 years yeah. that somebody's been recalled in California. So way to go, voters. Super excited for you. And fuck that guy. Yeah. They also changed. So apparently when he did that, gave that six-month minimum sentence, there was a loophole that allowed him to give such a small sentence. And apparently they've changed the law in California to to sort of correct that. Also, he was sentenced to six months, but he got out in three on good behavior. Yeah. It's like terrible. It was, super it was the worst thing ever. Also super terrible is Bill Clinton's communications team. What the hell? I mean, the fact Wait, that the man he, wrote... you think it's his communication? No, no, he's terrible. terrible. We'll get to... Okay. Yes, he's right. terrible, too. Okay. But I'm just saying that he wrote a book. <laughs> two super old dudes wrote a book about uh, presidency where the motherfucker gets impeached in his book. But apparently, in the end, the president becomes the hero or something, whatever. Wait, it was and like so, a fictitious book? Yeah, it's just like... It's, oh, it was him and James Patterson, James Patterson. that wrote this book yeah, about a president. A president who gets impeached. So it's like, you know, um, based on true events, you know, it's all law and order. But I think that so they go on this book tour. And if you if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen the interview, maybe you've just been really sick in the hospital or something. But he's being interviewed on the Today Show and they start to bring up me too questions and he actually he acted surprised i'm like how are you going to go on tour right so now here's and what not really talk about what happened with Monica Lewinsky. he acted like he was above all of it like he was he just was so arrogant good. it was it was awful and that was awful. the thing that probably pissed me off more than anything is just his fuck you i'm a clinton attitude like it just it was infuriating to watch that yeah and 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 why considering I, he single-handedly destroyed a young woman's life. Yes. And I'm not saying she wasn't, she didn't have some role in that, but he destroyed a woman's life. Yes. So there so the, the way the way that he asked the question the Today show host was really smart. It was like if it, if you were in pres, if you were the president today and this is this had all happened in the era of me too. He sort of gave him an out to be like I'm not going to go back on what I said about 20 years ago, but I respect women and I believe that you shouldn't fuck your intern because there are there's a power play dynamic there. I mean, he just didn't do any of that. And he sounded to me like an old, like befuddled buffoon. He was like, you're not giving my side of the facts. And if you knew you all omit the facts. I'm you like, know what you, you wanted to Trump? say was he sounded like an old Republican. Yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah, what, what you wanted you? to well, say. Well, Donald Trump, you're only telling your side of the facts. And then it went on and went on and went on. He was even worse. He sort of doubled down. And everyone thinks, if anyone thinks I got out of this without any punishment, I left the White House $16 million in debt. It was like, Nobody gives a fuck. Right. You're crazy rich. Like, you're crazy rich. Yeah. And then it went on. And finally, James Patterson was like, it was 20 years ago. We should just move on. <laughs> right. I'm like, you two are just so old. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I I, I don't. And it's it's sad to me that of all the things, and, and Bill Clinton has been accused of rape and sexual totally. assault. Like, yep. he couldn't have just said. Women deserve to not women be taken deserve, advantage of right. by men who are their bosses. Right. I mean, he yeah. was Bill Clinton. Like, he was an old. 
orator by nature. Like he, like every time he, he spoke, so he was dumb, amazing. Yeah. He, d- he did. He all of a sudden was just like, oh, yeah. I can't say the word because I'm not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I wanted what to say though. Is. Yes. He was just he, like, dumb. He had mental deficiencies. Read, yes. um, but I, so it led me down uh, presidents who cheat rabbit hole with mm-hmm. my colleague, Kevin uh, Walling, who knows every single thing about sort of presidential history. So he was, you know, we were, I was like, I wonder if more than half of the sitting presidents have been unfaithful because in the in the in the case of Bill Clinton when you get really get down to it should he have resigned from the presidency because he was unfaithful should he have resigned because he had consensual sex with somebody way his his younger and so but is there it really consensual such, at that point but there were also sexual assault allegations on top of that and yes rape which were allegations. Ne- right and ne- but never proven right it's it's pretty gray in terms mm-hmm. of especially with the president we currently have in the oval it's well, like you could it's say those are gray, gray too it's everything all of gray. it's pretty gray like right. if you sit in the oval what is the thing that should make you resign, right? And in, in Bill Clinton's thing, it was that he lied under oath, which led to impeach articles of impeachment. So he sort of got caught being terrible and never impeached, right? But it sort of led me down this thing. Like if more than half of our sitting presidents have been unfaithful, in the case of Bush, the big Bush, the grown-up Bush, the dad Bush, he was having the entire time, according to the woman, he was having an affair with his secretary. Fitzgerald, I think was her last name. Janet. Um, and... And that was a power dynamic. She was his secretary. Yeah. I have no idea how old she was at the time. They undoubtedly had relations in the Oval if they were together the whole time. So, but time. we have these questions all the time about whether or not we should hold politicians right. as a whole to a higher standard. Right. And, and, and this is like a different echelon of politicians. This is the president of the United States of America. I mean, by all intents and purposes, the most powerful man in the world. And so, so I think it all depends on which side it happens to, because everybody on the left threw a fit when poor Joe Barton sent a dick pic to his girlfriend. It was totally consensual and totally acceptable, but everybody screamed that he should resign. Tracy's feeling real partisan today. I, I just want to say I'm a little partisan, but it, is, partisan. but it is. But it. But but and 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 my side does the exact same thing. The Republicans will call out Democrats just like Democrats will call it Republicans, for doing the same fucking thing. Because at the end of the day, everyone's trying to win. Right. right? So if you can use it to win a campaign. I can't fucking take it anymore. I cannot fucking take that. Which is why everything gets so gray. Like, are there any hard and fast rules about how one should behave when they're an elected without without breaking the law? I mean, I think that's a good place to start. Right. So without breaking the law. Right. Power play, consensual power play sex, which is a lot of what we talk about in here, you know, or sort of sexual humiliation. That shit's not illegal. But should the should an elected official be doing it? You know, plus, even when they do do illegal when you say shit, that, do you mean like a one off comment like that? A one off comment? Becomes yeah, there's the... been I can't remember um, specifics right now, but we've had a lot of conversations about members of Congress whose who whose staff has come out and said, you know, he said, must your boyfriend's lucky to be able to go home with you, you know, which is inappropriate and humiliating. Now, it's different than the Mike Isabella example. Right. And I mean, they vary. Right? I have no idea what the line is. But right. And it feels like because there is this second piece, which is power and elections and money and lobbying and influencing, it all gets way grayer. So I don't think it matters where the line is. I think if you are a Democrat and you commit some kind of act, whether it be you said something inappropriate, you raped somebody, you stole money, you beat somebody, you killed a dog, 
If you're a Democrat, the Republicans are going to frickin destroy you on that. If you are a Republican and you do the same thing, the Democrats are going to annihilate you on that and demand your resignation. Because I think that is where we are as a society, where we can't we can't have a rational conversation about what's right and wrong. It's only your side and anything you do on your side is awful. And anything the other side does, the other side thinks it's awful. There's no area in between. The only example, the only break from that, I think, was what when, what happened with Senator Franken. I mean, it was the beginning of this Me Too meets Capitol Hill. It was the first post, the first political Harvey Weinstein, and the Democrats immediately called for his resignation. So we are super excited to say we have a really great guest today. Carrie Pieri is here with us, and she is what I'm calling bad buffalo broads. And uh, (laughs) she uh, works in New York, and she works at Harper's Bazaar, and I'll let her introduce herself. But thank you so much for coming on, Carrie. Really appreciate it. Of course. I'm happy to be here. I'm Carrie Pieri. I am a proud Buffalo native. Um, and I'm currently the fashion and features director at harpersbazaar.com, where I've been for about almost seven years. So a long did, time in the digital space. What did you do before that, Carrie? You were also in the fashion world, right? Yes. So I've worked in, in different um, places in fashion. I was at another more startup website prior to this. And I worked in PR for a little bit. And I worked in production, um, like sort of television production around fashion also. So all within fashion media. Nice. And tell us um, quickly, what's the favorite thing about your job? What's your favorite thing you get to do in this job of yours? Um, it's really, it's really fun because it changes all the time. But I would say because we're in a digital space, and it's sort of an endless amount of room, we're able to cover so much. So I can really help out young designers and new designers and people doing cool things in different realms and and really give them attention without feeling like I'm taking up magazine room. (laughs) That's awesome. And tell me, Carrie, do you consider yourself political? I would say that it's impossible now not to be political. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I um, am the best in the terms of being out and trying to get people to vote and doing things like that, which I could be better about. But I think every day, especially as women, we um, have to be out there standing up for ourselves and others. And that in and of itself is political. Yeah. So for the listeners, in addition to um, sort of curating harpersbazaar.com and and all the stuff Carrie just talked about, she also writes a lot. And so in preparation for this, I sort of went through and and everyone should Google Carrie Peary because she's written really hysterical things and serious things and um, pithy things and important things. Um, it makes for a good afternoon. But um, you wrote something right in the beginning of the Trump administration um, when he was giving one of his first speeches on the floor of Congress about um, Melania and her clothing, her clothing. And Melania is not the first first lady that we've talked about her clothing, right? First ladies all the way back forever. We talk about their clothing. There's um, there's a permanent exhibit at the American History Museum here in Washington with clothing from first ladies. So it's not a unique experience that we're talking about it. But mm-hmm. you were talking about it in the fact that Michael Kors was the designer of what she was wearing. And he was outwardly supporting Hillary Clinton in the election and mm-hmm. was campaigning on her behalf. And what is that like when you when your profession and politics collide? So tell us a little bit about why you wrote it and where the idea came from and that kind of stuff. Well, it was a it was a couple of different reasons. Um, one was the pure cost of the jacket. It's a $10,000 jacket, which I Can you think, rent the runway it? <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be so amazing. And I, I won't sit here and say that 
you know, Michelle Obama never wore anything designer. She wore a lot of really beautiful designer items, but she was also very well known, obviously, for mixing high low and wearing J. Crew and really helping J. Crew's business out mm-hmm. astronomically. So I thought that her first her very first few times out to wear such an extravagant piece was notable. <laughs> and then beyond that, um, because I am lucky enough to be invited to things like Michael Kors's show, I'm, I'm uniquely aware of how, how much he is a Hillary Clinton supporter. And at his show, he has obviously people like Rufus Wainwright, who's very outspoken performing. So I was curious to see what his thoughts on her you know, really repping his wares was so he was always I mean, he's a very gracious, wonderful person. And he just said, you know, she looked amazing, but he was quick to note that she paid for it. So I thought that was interesting. Because as much as he's like, I want I'm, you know, you can't just sell to one party, you obviously make any money. So yeah, he he was like, great. She looks fabulous in it. She knows it works on her body. And we're happy to have her as a customer, basically. <laughs> Is there anything that does not work on Melania Trump's body? I mean, come Probably on. Not. Yeah. So do you do you know, Carrie, like, have other first ladies been gifted clothing? I mean, you you referenced Michelle's high-low thing. I mean, do do most first ladies, is it like, do they, are they allowed to take gifts, fashion clothing gifts? I doubt that they're allowed to take yeah. gifts. I don't yeah. know what the yeah i don't know what the actual um like party line if they ever do if you know if somebody's making something for them yeah. if they end up paying i'm sure they do most of the time because they have budgets and yeah 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 so does government pay for that i'm assuming government technically pays for their wardrobe right like that would be um, i would probably i would think probably not most of them wouldn't have the government pay for it well, I mean, so <laughs> we're like in this cast of characters in Trump's like Trump's kitchen cabinet and Mnuchin's wife, wasn't it? He's the treasurer, right? The treasury and the wife. And they, oh, they did the jet. And she she um, was not a great person. They, <laughs> she Well, she's still alive <laughs> and she's still married to the, she to is. the secretary. Treasury. She's, yeah, she's uh, got some issues. But she got all that terrible press because they did try to expense some shit for a vacation and stuff. You remember that? Well, they took the private jet yeah. or something. But, but she, I think so it was a little she tagged sketchy. everything that she was wearing. Right, that right. Was, <laughs> which I don't think was paid idea. for by government funds. Right, but but she's like, like, yeah, look at my Chanel yeah. jacket, <laughs> Chanel it up in the jets. God, right. people are stupid. She was on the wrong show. Do she I get to trash my side? I'm trashing my side today, like, too. Oh, I'm going to trash Tracy. my side. Yeah. God, don't be fucking stupid. Sorry. Um, I remember there was a Sarah Palin thing, too, where uh, it came out how much she was spending on her. But that was campaign funds, which is technically legal. It is legal. But can you imagine if you did call time, you got a max contribution. It's $2,500 for a federal race. And you were like... Mama's getting a new pair of shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to look good. It's part of the You do, especially as a woman. Yeah. Do you have a thought about that, Carrie, about the pressure on political women specifically? I mean, obviously, and you've talked about this on your Instagram account, Carrie, or that that article about 11 things to know. um, When Mm -hmm. you note that fashion is important to you, it's part of looking good and wearing the, wearing things that are sort of contemporary and new as part of your job, basically. But what what do you think about the pressure on women in, in the eye, in sort of the public eye to look right. I mean, I do think it's inherently unfair in in some ways that it matters so much what women wear. I mean, Hillary Clinton still wearing headbands when even back in the 90s was cause for a lot of disdain, I feel like. But uh, but pantsuit nation came out, I know, so I guess right? there's two yeah, sides to that crazy. coin. I love but I love the pantsuit. I've rocked the pantsuit <laughs> yeah. for years. Tracy I'm kind a of, good wide like pantsuit. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm leaning away to, from it. Yeah. But, yeah. 
(laughs) But I also think in a lot of ways, there's a power to it. I think that Michelle Obama was able to kind of get a lot of love because she presented herself so so nicely. I think if we go all the way back to Jackie O, it, it really helped create a lot of goodwill towards the entire administration because she you know, really created this beautiful picture. So I think if you um, are able to leverage it in a good way, then why not? We can we can use everything that we can in our arsenal. Yeah, Tracy and I talk a lot about the way we look, or I talk a lot to Tracy about it. She gives less fucks than me, but like, <laughs> but I do. I give what more I should be now. wearing in a room full of women. Women yeah. is really different than what I should be wearing in a room right. full of men. And when I go on Fox News, what should I be wearing? And the other women on Fox News are on all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, how you. Uh, how how do people know who you are before you say a word? Right, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's it's heavy. Well, I think in our world too, it's hard to sort of be fashion forward yeah. because if you Politics. get to, I mean, if you if you actually, I, I was just looking through some pictures on Carrie's Instagram page and, and Carrie Pieri. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> your I mean your wardrobe is unbelievable. I mean it just it's amazing, and I'm like God, I want to wear all of those things, but I I couldn't wear those into some meet. Like I couldn't wear some of that stuff, and not that it's not conservative or it's just it's not the too right fashion nice yeah. like it's just too hip and Act- yeah actually when Tracy and I first met I I've been renting the runway unlimited now for a couple years just because it's mm-hmm. like a nice way to not wear the same thing a bunch of times and they totally. have like good choices about like for different occasions that I wouldn't necessarily want to purchase mm-hmm. and then so Tracy and I started talking about it when we first started this podcast now Tracy does it which it. is really fun because you know you can but the fact that you know, I get really frustrated that men don't have to do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> of course. They're not looking around being like, I wonder what I'm going to wear to this meeting today. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is it really frustrating? Because, I mean, it also, like, we get to just have more fun because we have more options. Women are just, just better looking than men. Right. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us, Carrie, you have an 11-month-old daughter. I and, do. Um, tell us a little bit about life pre-professional life, being, um, you know, a boss and not having a baby and now doing it as a baby with a baby is what are you experiencing differently? I mean, it definitely is, is a big change. I work in a really fun industry, but along with that goes, you know, travel and a lot of evening and morning appointments and events and that sort of thing. So, um, I kind of go beyond just, um, dealing with a standard nine to five and worrying about childcare and that kind of thing. So, there's definitely some difficulty and some guilt along with, you know, not being able to be with her all the time. But generally, I think that I'm I'm balancing it pretty well. And I'm lucky to be in a in a company that's supportive and mm-hmm. um, with colleagues that are supportive. So I'm, you know, not really letting anything drop, hopefully, but I'm doing a little bit less of the extracurricular, mm-hmm. I would say. And what about you are married? And so married. do you... Um, do you find do you have a sort of less traditional marriage in that you're both you're you're both balancing work and home life? Uh, it's even less traditional than that in that my husband is a holistic nutritionist, so he's actually home with Lila most of the oh, time. Oh, that's great! Yeah, not to yeah, mention you probably really, eat really well. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. He <laughs> he does. He's probably at the farmers market right now. Oh, um, God, dreaming. So yeah, we're I'm lucky in in that sense. So yeah. he. We basically have a babysitter come in when he has his client appointments and he can do sort of the work he has to do at night when he's not dealing directly with people when I get home and and on weekends. So yeah. it works for now. I don't know if it's what like happens, forever, yeah. but yeah. I mean, Tracy and I know that every 
the only thing you can count on parenting is how much it changes all the time. Um, yeah. And uh, that's awesome. Okay. It's so awesome to have a yeah. supportive spouse. Though. Well, and there's that's something like about daddies and their daughters. I mean, yeah. I don't have any daughters, so yeah. I don't know. But I mean, mommies and sons. Uh, but yeah, parenting kids in yeah. general. My husband's cool. Yeah. My Tracy kids. has two daughters who are it's deep cute. into oh, dance competitions. They just so started karate. Good luck with that. I saw the picture. They that's are amazing. vicious. It's awesome. Nothing so like excited. a girl that can do like a spinning jump kick yes, or whatever it is yeah and make the face that goes with it <laughs> so, um, cool. so in uh, um, just sort of in in wrap up of this we've been asking our guests about issues facing women today and everybody depending on where they're coming from and what they're doing has a different answer to that so do you have a take on what you think is the biggest you know one of the bigger issues that women are dealing with right now in 2018 i mean i definitely think that parenting in general for men and women is just becoming more and more difficult to start a family. Any from beginning to end, I think healthcare is an issue. If you're trying to have a baby and you can't get pregnant, it's going to be more difficult for you if you are paying for healthcare as well. Mm-hmm. If you are pregnant and let's just say you are getting a C-section and you don't have insurance, that $50,000 is going to be a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and even if you have money, that's a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just think at every turn it's, and then obviously once you have children, it's, it's not easy to have childcare in this country. It's mm-hmm. even if your kids are in school, they get out at three o'clock and you're still working, you have to find childcare. So mm-hmm. I just don't think that we're currently set up to parent in the best way possible and take care of our children in the way that we would want to. Yeah. U.S. fertility rates are down. I don't think that that should be a shock to anybody. Yeah. Because I think that people are looking at each other and saying, like, we would be crazy to maybe they'll have one kid. But why would you keep having kids? It's going to be a really difficult run. So I think that we need help. I think that this is. Yeah, Yeah. I think this is a really difficult time for people. And it's supposed to be such a joyful part of life. And I think it is that. But, you know, it's it's also even if people are home, it's like they're home and alone a lot. And it used to be where it was more of a community. So I think it's a difficult time to be to be a parent in this country. And it's unfortunate. Yes. Good Lord knows that Tracy Dietz was not terribly pleasant before her most recent nanny started. Working. <laughs> it was hard, man. So we, had a, we had a nanny for eight years. And then yeah. and then you had to pick up, you had to meet the bus at three o'clock and you run a company. Right. And that is really hard to hard. remedy. It yeah. Hard. Yeah. And that's when you're your own boss. Yeah. If you actually are answering boss. to anybody. Yeah. It's, it's even more difficult. And and it's at every turn. I'm, I've am i been nursing for, I'm trying to get to a year. Yeah. And I'm somewhere where I'm able to have a pumping room. And this company is really supportive of that. But even being able to, to pump at work is absolutely a privilege. Yeah. My, my, a lot my, of people wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. My colleague Sarah and I were just talking about breastfeeding yesterday. We were both working. We were both pumping at the same time with our with our younger kids. And there were more that we were a company of three, me and her and my business partner, who's a 50 year old white man. And there were more of us pumping <laughs> than not that he had to leave the room. I was like, it's time for us to pump now. You're welcome to go take a walk and get a coffee or you can see our tits either way. Either way works for <laughs> me. Way but happening. yeah, I'm not it's going anywhere. Yes. Um, well, thank you for joining us, Carrie. Uh, Everybody should Thanks follow her me. at Carrie Pieri, P-I-E-R-I. It's fabulous. Her feed, it'll make you want to move straight to New York and get a job in fashion. Isn't I feel it? like you're like you're the star of um, uh, a sitcom or something in my mind. You're living yeah. the dream. <laughs> well, thank you for being it's on. The, we really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks so guys. much. Yeah. Lovely to chat. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
Miss America is turning over a new leap. Gretchen Carlson came in. She's running things now. Bitches run shit. Shit gets done. After Sam Haskell uh, said some pretty terrible things in a couple emails eight months ago. Six months yeah, ago? I, mean, I don't know. It was right after Christmas. had a rough go, starting with Trump's candidacy, when he would go back in there and look at the women. I mean, So it that just wasn't the like... pageant. That was just Trump. So really, No, no, no. Not, I just yeah. mean it's like it's been something people right. have been talking about. So uh, so Miss America's made some significant changes, uh, one of which is they are doing away with the swimsuit competition, uh, which I have to say that I most certainly would have been Miss America if there had been no swimsuit competition. Oh, can we please, please, please put one of your your pageant pictures up on the oh, Facebook page? Oh, God. No. Oh, my God. They're so good. I got some great Wonder Woman shots. <laughs> fucking fantastic. Anyway, I actually would not have won Miss America. It had nothing to do with swimsuit. But um, they've done away with swimsuit competition, and they're going to stop the evening gown competition, and women are going to be allowed to wear whatever makes them feel the most comfortable. They're going to be focusing far more on they're their They're all going to wear, but they're all going to wear dresses. I know. I was right. a little sad. Like, the I wear the pretty dress. Yeah. I like the dress. I think they'll all wear dresses. But it's nice that they don't have they're to be They're focusing more on interview and their platforms and what the job of Miss America actually is. And an interactive session with the judges panel is what I read, which so, would be pretty interesting to see what the, that is. But the interactive session, there's always been an interactive session with the judges panel and what was called interview yeah. behind the scenes, quiet, before the competition even starts, which is typically where the pageants usually won, quite frankly. Before it even starts. Before it even starts. Well, it's a lot like politics. Uh, well, I mean, it's not yes and no, but a lot of it is, you, I mean, you get to know girls and you you get to know them personally and yeah. then you like people. And so when they come out on stage and they're really good at everything else, you're like, well, this is perfect. I liked her yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. not not entirely like politics, but it'll be interesting. So Miss America's uh, changed some things over the years. I mean, it used to be swimsuit was 15% of your score. Evening gown was 15% of your score. Uh, talent was 40% of your score. Oh. And interview was 30% of your score. And, and all everybody participated in talent competition. And then they called out a top 10. And the top 10 participated in swimsuit, evening gown, and talent. And then in they interview. went to a top five. Yeah. Well, everybody does interview before the before. pageant starts. Yeah. Um, and they changed that. And, and they did this top 15. And then they'd call up the first 10 to do talent. Like they compete in swimsuit. And then they'd narrow it to 10, but they wouldn't tell who the 10 were. They'd call them on stage for talent, and then each girl would get up. And it was just this whole weird thing. And it was I actually thought that once Miss America yeah. changed their uh, their original program, yeah. it's Formula. it's been going downhill. And they've been trying they were trying to do things to get more viewers. They switched from one pieces to bikinis in an effort to get well, the viewership back up. Yep. Uh, and what? part of that was for sponsorships to help raise money for the girls for oh, scholarships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um is um is talent still part of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For Miss America, yes. For Miss USA, it's not. Miss USA is 33, 33, 33. But Miss USA still has swimsuit, right? Swimsuit, this is only Miss America. Again. Yes. Do it's we, just a different pageant. Do the same women compete in both? They, yes, I did. You competed in both. And I sort of had forgotten that you competed in those. So you were Miss Teen North, North Carolina. Carolina, which put you automatically into another category of pe- like qualifier sort of thing. Uh, yes, but it was di- it was a whole different circuit back then. But you you there. competed I never in both Miss America, America and Miss USA. I competed in the Miss USA circuit. Yes, I was first runner Miss North Carolina USA four hundred years ago. First runner up. Yeah, so I said. Oh, I know. So yeah. and did then, you smile and cry when the winner was called out? You I know smiled. that like I did super not happy. cry. I wasn't. No. I didn't think I was going to win, oh. so I wasn't. I was just like, oh wow, I got this far. <laughs> Yay! Woo. Um, and then I competed at Miss North Carolina, which was the only time I did a Miss America preliminary. Got yeah. Um, and then that was the last pageant. So the the question is, 
um, do you think this is the first step of the end of a pageant era? I don't know. I mean, I do think that this is going to give a lot of women an opportunity that they may not have otherwise had, uh, because regardless of how much you worked out, there were a lot of girls that just were never going to look like people that were genetically inclined to look that way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I think, you know, you're, this is going to give an opportunity for women that are totally healthy and physically fit uh, and look great in clothes. And look great in clothes. <laughs> and, you know, even look great in a swimsuit on the beach, but may not be look great at a pageant. Yeah. I mean, they're very different. I mean, when you think about skinny runway models, I mean, that's sort of what you're thinking about. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We just talked to Carrie Pierre about fashion. And this is like a different version of the same sort of thing, right? It's it's taking an outward indicator in order to sort of like do scholarships and prop up women and give women confidence. Like if you can go out on the stage and be interviewed and sound impressive and smart, there's really nothing you can't do, it right. seems to me. You know right. what I mean? You're used to taking criticism. Yeah. And, um, and it would be great if it doesn't, obviously not through pageants, but if women coming up had exposure to that kind of confidence making and being able to take constructive criticism and at times bullying, you know, be yeah. able to like input those data points and be able to right. make yourself better. And, right. and um, but the question is, will this affect participation? Will it affect viewership and other financial stuff, you know, sponsors or whatever? And will it sort of make this institution into something different and new? So like, I will there be an internship gonna, program or yeah, whatever? I, have, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I th definitely think it's going to be significant changes. Yeah. Um, there may be more opportunities for to find sponsorship in other place. I think they're probably going to lose some sponsors yeah. as well along the way. When um, is the first one? October? September. Right? September. Yeah. And so and, all the changes, so everybody that's going in September, the changes are in effect now. Would women already be on track to be like, is, yeah. will this be, there's already a whole crop of yeah. women that would do it and they've just got, gotten this mm -hmm. news. Do we, do we think those women are happy about it or you think they're disappointed? I have to imagine that the women that have been probably not eating very much and working out like crazy in an effort to get down to really tiny sizes and be skinny for swimsuit competition, if they're already there, are probably just like, fuck, <laughs> I did it. But I saw, also suspect that there are women that are probably like, sweet, I am going to Popeye's yeah. and I'm going to have a piece of fried chicken. Because again, I mean, you could be totally healthy and be a size six and eight or a 10 and look yeah. great in clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And be physically fit and be thin, but not quite. Look Do you right know what the food. what the feedback has been from the world? Like, have you read anything about? So it's like interesting. How... So there's a lot of people in the pageant world as a whole that are disappointed. Yeah, and they're concerned because they like tradition. I think they're concerned about what it's going to do to the program as a whole. I think everybody's concerned about losing sponsors and potentially destroying the program for what it was. I mean, Miss America was founded as a swimsuit competition in 1921. Crazy. It was a swimsuit competition. <sighs> it sort of evolved into a weird scholarship program. In 1921, or... their swimsuits were like mini dresses. Very though. different. Yes, yeah, they were. They were and, not. And bras and underwear. Were, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Would you, not that your girls want to, would you let them pageant? Don't think so. Someone was just asking yeah. me that the other day. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't like to tell my kids no or hold them back for anything that they feel very strongly about. And mm -hmm. I think the only way they would want to participate in things like that is if I showed them and gave them the opportunity and, and sort of put them in you know, I mean, I don't... It, it does have to be parent first. I mean, I have a really. little bit of a love-hate relationship with pageants. I mean, I have I met a ton of amazing people in pageants. Mm -hmm. And so I don't... Um, I don't regret any of the, the experiences that I had in that regard. I don't know that... 
I really would want to put my seven-year-old and a nine-year-old in pageants. I yeah, know that, which is when you have to start to be mm, successful. That's not true. No, there are a lot of girls that just jumped in at seventeen and crushed it. So I don't. So they could come to it on their own if they, they wanted to. They could come to it on their yeah. own if they want to. Yeah. And if they get older, and you know, and it's something they really. When are really we going to let the do. boys in the pageants? There already are boys in. Pageants. Are there boy pageants? Yes. There are men pageants. They're mostly boys. They don't have men. Grown men don't really. really? I mean, that's called like Mr. Wow. World. Those are like the. But those are like competition. fitness competitions, right? Yeah. Not like they don't they don't juggle or do no. twirl routines. No, I mean, what's your you talent? Can. I was a dancer. Oh yeah. Oh, she can still do one of those. I don't know what it's called, but she can catch her leg way up in the sky. Heel stretch. Heel, heel, heel stretch, yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to do it in this dress. But yeah. you know what I think we need to do? I think you need to do Mrs. Maryland USA. I'd be a great Mrs. Oh. Maryland. <laughs> I feel can like. I wear a crab costume? <laughs> what? No. A crab costume. <laughs> We're putting your ass in a swimsuit. Oh, we'll, God. we'll get you spray tanned. <laughs> we have, this I've is never so been spray tanned in my whole life. Oh, my God. This is so happening. Oh, God. Can we Stay tuned, listeners. We should the follow you around with a camera. Oh my God! You should totally first do ever Mrs. Maryland from USA. Tacoma Park, which is the most progressive. Mrs. MRS, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. 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 Maryland. Yeah, can we? This yeah, is great. maybe I'll do All Mrs. Right. Virginia, and I'm we not- can go to Mrs. America together. <laughs> Like, Only so, if they're not going to have a swimsuit. If they're not having a swimsuit, I will go. I am not Every starving Mrs. my America ass with the down little, to like, a size the swimsuits with the little skirts on them. No, oh, maybe we won't do skirts. <laughs> we won't do swimsuits. <laughs> Fuck this. We are doing this. I came in as a progressive media consultant. I'm leaving as a Mrs. Maryland. It's a weird day. All right, let's wrap this up. We are, that was a a good, you know, starting with Bill Clinton and ending with Mrs. Maryland is a weird show, but thank you for sticking with us. All you have to say is, I'm Kelly Gibson from Tacoma Park, Maryland, Mrs. Maryland, (laughs) USA. (laughs) That's it. We have. Of all the things I've imagined for my own life, I gotta say, a sash and a tr is not one of them. Do I get oh, a uh, yeah? God. All right, wrap have, it up. Wrap we it up. Lots of fun today, kids. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Listen, listen, and subscribe to Damon All to Hell on Apple Podcast Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. I'll see you next week. Bye.